0: but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarrierGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Hey, everybody. Dave Hodges here. I'm the host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that's freeing America, one enslaved mind at a time. And uh, I have a pretty good working knowledge of uh, precious metals, and the economy. And and I work at it, and I've been fortunate enough to interview people like my guest, Colin Plume from Noble Gold. You go, Noble Gold, yes, something that we talk about nearly every day, Noble Gold, because I don't trust the dollar. I don't trust the banks, uh, not long term, and uh that's why you hear about Noble Gold. But occasionally, there's things in there that I think people need to know, but I'm not really the guy to bring it to you. So Colin's been kind enough to come on. And we're going to talk about three things today. We're going to talk about the yield curve, and that's where we're all going to get a little assistance from the expert, because a lot of people don't know what this is, and I think it's something that's important for you to know. And then we're going to talk about the impact of consumer debt, which is really going off the charts. And then, of course, we're going to look at some investment opportunities here with regard to silver platinum. Some of the things are involved, as we've talked about before, with um, uh, precious metals and being used in climate change technology. And sometimes they're just going short and they're rare. So the price goes up and it's a good opportunity for people. And I should mention this. The FTC wants me to warn you that, and we're not really giving advice on investments, but any investment carries an inherent risk and uh, past performance cannot indicate future expectations and performance. Okay. And we're good on that. I always like to say as an aside, I think that we should be giving a warning about our banks right now because I'm a little nervous and this is why I'm diversifying. And this is why we have Colin with us. Colin, thanks for joining us yeah
1: dave thanks uh nice to be here as always and uh excited to to dive into some some fun topics well, one of the things that I think a lot of people,
0: including myself, need some help with is this thing called the yield curve and I think that we probably should start with a three month treasury bill and talk about how it compares to the three-year rate. And I actually get questions like this. Yeah. And I tell people, consult your financial consultant. That's not a question I feel comfortable in, in answering definitively. So what
1: would you say to that difference between three-month and three-year? Yeah, so the inverted yield curve, uh, which the reason we're talking about it and the reason that they bring it up is because whenever the yield curve is inverted, Typically, there's a recession coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that goes back the last 40 years. Um, so the yield curve has been inverted, which, which basically means this, Dave, is that <clears throat> if, if I was going out and I go, Hey, I want to, you know, I want to buy a bond and, uh, from you and you go, Well, uh, How long do you want to do that bond for? And and you say and and I go well. I want to be. I want to have access to my money, right? I want to get it back. Give me a few months. So you want a three month bond or six month bond or twelve month bond? Well, obviously, you know you not you won't have enough return on those. Those are going to be low returns because I have access to that money very quickly. So the returns typically on a shorter bond are lower on a longer bond because if I'm going to tie my money up for ten years. I want a decent return, right? I want to, because I'm, you know, I'm in something that they say is safe, but if I'm going to lock it up with you at the bank or whoever I'm locking it up with, I want to make some money. So the return on a 10 year note, 10 year CD in, in theory should be higher, right? Mm -hmm. Because we're locking it up and, and I'm giving you the money and then I'm just locking in for that. So I want to make a little bit more than, than short term money. But right now, what's happening is there's so much bond money in the world. There's so many funds. There's so much money that believes that we're in the midst of a recession. They don't want to lock up their money for long term. So, And because there's so much pressure buying short term bonds is actually the short term bonds are actually paying a higher rate than the long term bonds. And it's because they don't want to tie their money up because they believe that there's a recession coming and they want to have, they want to have liquidity. And so that's why you have an inverted, uh, yield, yield curve. And that's why right now on a three month, uh, note, three month CD, you're actually getting a higher return. Okay
0: that that makes perfect sense to me now so ordinarily you'd lock your money up longer get a higher rate but that's Correct. been inverted because of anticipations of uh conditions with the economy that is is there a time frame um that these yield curves when they invert uh signal the uh, oncoming of a recession is there a relationship between six months a year or is it just yeah random? I
1: mean so it's been it's it's been a year um that we've had this it started about mm-hmm. October of last year. Um, so usually, uh, an inverted yield curve doesn't typically last this long. It usually lasts anywhere from like three to nine months. So it's already gone longer. eh? Mm-hmm. which means, you know, with the feds policy shifting between, you know, dovish to, to bearish, to bullish, to we're going to trade. Nobody knows where to, so you have these. You know, the smartest, I mean, the bond managers, they get the data before anyone else, right? BlackRock and all these companies. So they don't know what to do. They, they typically would have shifted, right? If they, if they thought there wasn't going to be recession, then they would, it would shift into the longer bonds, mm-hmm. but they don't know. And because Powell has been changing his mind about what's going to happen and nobody knows what's going to happen with rates. Obviously. There could be other factors than just what the fed's going to do with interest rates, but they don't know what to do at this point. And so everybody, there's just, you know, trillions of dollars loaded into these, these short-term bonds. And, you know, the idea is that next year, if, if the recession hits, the equity markets could, could be in a bad place. And so they're going to move the money out. And they're going to try to get higher returns. Ultimately, yeah, there's safe money that is making four or five percent. But if bonds are paying four or five percent, that means that there's some real heavy returns going to be in the future. People are going to make in some investments. They're going to make fifteen to thirty percent, and so they don't want to miss out, right? And so they don't want to be lock all this money up and not have liquidity. Uh, to be able to make some trades. So it usually happens faster. Um, but I, I think, you know, the recession numbers have been skewed. And, and you know, a lot of I, I've always said, and I think you say we're in a recession, your employment, you look at real uh, unemployment numbers that's, you know, they reported last month, 7.1% for people that, you know, uh, yeah. have just quit looking for a job or they couldn't find a job after four or five weeks, or they're underemployed, you know, they're working 15 or 18 hours and they want to work 40 hours. They just take those people out of the numbers so they can report 3.6 or 3.7%. You know what else I found out about that?
0: That's interesting you would say that. But let's say you have someone who holds a teaching certificate or a beauty license, you know, like a hairdresser or a barber. They're counted as employed whether they're working or not by virtue of the fact they have a license. So the figures are really deceptive. Oh,
1: wow. Yeah, no, that that doesn't make – yeah, that's, that doesn't make – I mean, you got to be working to work, right? I mean, at the end of the yeah. day.
0: Yeah, I, I did a whole report on that. And the other thing I found, too, was let's say you go on your unemployment uh, for six months and it runs out. They assume you have a job whether you do or not. Hmm. Yeah.
1: And that's that's not necessarily true. It's like inflation. You know,
0: uh, we don't count the price of gas or the price of food like you don't have to drive to work or to eat. And so the CPI is never an accurate measure. So, yeah, it, the government figures aren't good. So let me ask you, I trust you. I trust good economists. Uh, do you have any idea what the inflation rate is? Any estimates?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think if you look at the real numbers, we're probably between between ten and twelve percent would be a yeah, more point. accurate number. If you if you look at uh, you look at you know just like gasoline costs are skyrocketing uh, right yeah. now, Ener- energy costs uh, overall are are skyrocketing. Uh, you know, food costs have still been going up pretty tremendously over time. I- inflation is is really out of control, and you know, the CEO of BlackRock came out last week, and he thinks. You know, everybody's got different opinions, but these guys have a lot of data. Obviously, being being associated with BlackRock, he thinks rates are going to be in the five to six percent range uh, for the next five to ten years. He doesn't think we're going back to the three four percent mortgages, and that, and I don't know if that's true or that's you know something he wants out there for for whatever mm. reason. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But if. He, the reason that it, we wouldn't lower rates back down to where they were before is that inflation's higher. Mm-hmm. So I think if the government's reporting for high fours, it's probably at least double, if not higher. Uh, yeah. Actually paying for day to day items. And then the
0: employment, I mean, is is the unemployment too. I read this about UAW, 25,000 workers. So it doesn't sound like that's a terrible amount, but it affects 500,000 jobs. And, and that's what's not being reported, uh, properly. I think, I think this is a lot bigger deal and people make of it with regard to employment. But black, back to BlackRock. Um, I've been reading that institutional ownership of home mortgages is going to skyrocket in the next six months. It's anticipated BlackRock's the leader in this. It'll go from 5%, they say, to at least 40%, possibly as high as 60% because so many people aren't going to be able to cover their adjustable rate mortgages. And, and then of course the student loan debts coming in and are people got, what are they going to default on their car payment, their student loan debt, their mortgage. So, I mean, there's some people going to make some tough choices and there's BlackRock at the ready to, to buy up all these home mortgages. I mean, I'm sure you get this Colin. I get them on my Skype. Do you still have your property at such and such available? Right. (laughs) Uh, And, and when you
1: trace the breadcrumbs, they go back to, BlackRock, Vanguard, or State Street? Yeah. Well, it's interesting about um, why that move is happening. And I think, you know, you have a lot of major cities that are really focused on density. You know, you see all these in the major cities where they're trying to get people sort of insular and in a certain... And, you know, the government is subsidizing this this move pretty mm-hmm. substantially. Um, but, you know, when you look at the cost, once they subsidize these developers... The price per square foot on these buildings goes absolutely through the roof. Yes. And they're, and they're tiny little boxes, you know, they're five, 600 square foot apartments that they're trying to put in really dense areas. And then they load these developers because they're, you know, low income, which they end up never, you know, really being low income. Um, but I think if you look at what's happening uh, across the globe, if you look at just the cost to replace a home nowadays. And so it makes sense with the cost of lumber, the cost of labor skyrocketing. The amount of people that doing construction has dropped very considerably. It's it's like one of those industries that nobody wants to work in anymore. So BlackRock looks at it and goes, this, you know, let's just say I can pick up houses at 100 to 250 bucks a foot the true cost today right now to build that house almost anywhere is going to be probably 300 to maybe eight or $900 minimum on a, on a new build of a house. So they're just looking at it just to be able to pick up a structure that somebody can live in. They're looking at five, 10 years down the road and the ability to kind of do whatever they want by picking up a lot of that inventory. Um, Because we know, and it always cycles this way, but this is the first time it's really happened this time, is that we're in a, such a unique position where these some of these homes, you can absolutely not build them for what these big banks can buy them for. And so they're looking at this as an absolute money arbitrage, you know, they're just going to swoop up as many as they can. And then in five to seven years from now, when interest rates start to come back down and things start to level back out again, they'll drop these houses. They picked up at 200 bucks a foot. They'll drop them on the market for six to 800 bucks a foot, and they'll make a fortune on it. And that's what they're doing. Or they'll rent them out, you know, depending on what they want. But there's a real opportunity for some big money to do that. And that's just because Everything is getting so dramatically expensive. It's happening in the gold and silver business too. Newmont just came out with a report. They have a massive mine and they have lots of mine in Mexico, but they have a Pescuta mine in Mexico that they're actually striking. They're, they're, they're looking for ironically a 40% increase, which is similar to what the auto workers want. So they're asking for this massive increase in, in what they get paid, the miners. And, and Newmont just basically said, we can't afford it. And they just stopped mining. They just basically said, we can't afford it. Jeez. And and that's happening very across the globe in precious metals is that a lot of these mining companies are just saying, forget it. If, if we have to pay a 40% increase in miners, we'd rather shut the mine down and just wait. And then we'll wait over time because they just can't pencil out uh, some of those returns. So I think ultimately... That type of thing will be positive for precious metals because obviously it's going to increase the cost of mine. Uh, and we saw that during the pandemic. That was one of the reasons silvers went from $14 all the way up to 30 is that most of the mines across the globe were shut down. I mean, there's no silver coming out of anywhere. So you saw that big trail of the price and the price just obviously skyrocketed, uh, and, and doubled, you know, from 14 to $30 in you know, eight, Mm -hmm. nine months. So it, it, it's, we're one of, one of the situations where the labor costs and so many things that we need day to day are getting so much more expensive. And the big money is realizing like, Hey, we need to wait, you know, we'll pick up some houses if we can get them at a good price. You know, they are making offers on a lot of houses. I don't know how many they're actually buying, but I think as time goes on, if a lot of those people have those, you know, funky mortgages, those, those variable mortgages come due next year and the rates are high.
0: withdave.com. That's waterwithdave.com. Save
1: $80 for a short time. They're going to start picking up property at a good price. And I think overall, the big investors, BlackRock and all that are looking at opportunities globally and just saying, you know, I'm going to stay in short-term money. That's why you have that inverted yield curve is there so much money in that short-term making 5% waiting for, you know, some great opportunities. You know, the new trend, and I
0: actually had a a viewer come and bring this to me, and I went and researched it. There is a company called Fractional. And as I trace their ownership, it goes back to the big three again. And what they're doing is they put together what we used to call limited partnerships – uh-huh. And it's people will put in $5,000 and they're a partial owner. But here's the problem. Last year, the average house was $3,000, 300000 Now it's 400000 But we can see that the, the bottom is going to come out of this year fairly quickly. And these people are going to be left holding the bag and they're going to have to dump it. And there are the big boys waiting to pick this up on the cheap. And that's yeah. why I tell people. And someone I told her, I said, "Do not touch this." I said, "I'm telling you, um, as as someone who cares about you, do not touch this deal because home prices are going to deescalate pretty quickly." Well, what should I do with my money um, when the dollar dies? Gold goes high. I said, yeah. "You need to go precious metals," and yeah. and and this is really the time for that, isn't it? Yeah,
1: they. You know, it's funny you mentioned the fractionalization. It's it's the most. It's the, I mean, in, in 10 years, maybe faster, this will be the new get rich quick, this fractionalization of everything that's happening. Um, because if you look at the numbers, and I've looked into a lot of these types of companies, I was looking at this one company that they fractionalize um, art. And, I, you know, if you dive deep into the numbers, they're selling like 70% of their uh, appraised value. So they're way overselling, right? They're overselling it through the moon, knowing that not everyone's going to at the same time, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. There, there is a big fractionalization uh, movement here because, you know, like that person, you know, five grand to buy a house and you, you put, you know, you pull, uh, you know, 40 investors together. But really who ends up winning a lot of those times, if you don't really look at those things is, is the company that put it together that has the fees coming in and out and also the management Mm -hmm. fees. Now, not to say that those are, are, there are some out there that are good, but just imagine, you know, having 40 partners deciding when a house, as you mentioned, goes down 20% and they all have to decide how to take that loss, right? I mean, it's, it's a bloodbath. And so mm-hmm. you're right. You have to you have to be careful on those things. Uh, and, and even in the gold and silver market, a lot of times there's companies that yeah we compete against, and they say buy the gold from us, and we'll hold it for you, and don't worry about it. And you got you got a piece of this bar, and you have to do all that. And I always say to people is like, well, let's dive into that a little bit. What if they okay. run into some trouble, right? And this has happened. Time and time again in the precious metal space. What if they run into trouble and they, their marketing costs get too expensive? Their overhead gets too expensive. Where are they going to get the money from? And what they're going to do, and they always do it is they just, they don't buy enough bars. They don't buy enough gold to fulfill that, right? Of the fractions. And then when the thing hits the fan, someone's going, you know, I'm supposed to own a certain amount of ounces and it's never, you know, in fruition. And that's why, you know, the, what we do at Noble Gold is so so unique because it's one of the few items that you actually own by yourself. There's not a lot of items out there that you own. I mean, you look, I was just doing uh earlier I was doing some content on, on stocks and I was looking at the top 10 companies, the stock companies from 20 years ago. And, you know, when you own a stock, you own a share of these companies and it was like Sears, Uh, Xerox, you know, you know, you go down the list of some of these companies that were the top and now, you know, some of them are gone, some of them around, you know, some of the GE and some of them are still around, but they're not the same growth companies that we saw, you know, 20 years ago. And you're only a fraction of these companies when you buy stocks. And so that's always the great thing about me as an owner is that when you buy gold, you own it, it's yours, you buy silver, You know, these are things that you own. So it's nice to have full control uh, of an investment.
0: Well, I'm watching what the banks are doing, too. And they've loaded up over the last year with gold and silver. Yeah. yeah. and Particularly with gold. And um, and and they're also starting to do the same thing with crypto, although they're trying to make people think crypto is bad. So they'll dump it and they get to buy it cheap. Yeah. Um, Have they reached a saturation point with gold? Where's that at with the banks?
1: No, I, I know, I think their banks are going to continue to buy it. You know, the big problem mm-hmm. with the banks, when you talk about banks, it's a big scope, right? It's like, there's the, the big, the big ones, the big five to 10. JP
0: Morgan, Bank of yeah, America. Yeah, those
1: guys so. are going to continue to buy it. But then there's the small banks that are in a lot of trouble just with other stuff they're invested into. Yeah. In essence, you know, people don't realize when you take a loan at a bank, they're, they're partners with you. They, you know, you're, you're making a partnership. If they, if they buy, you know, you buy a loan mortgage through a bank for a house, they're in essence partners with you. They're doing it for a business. And then the big problem right now, with small medium sized banks, which have small, medium sized banks have about 80% of the commercial mortgages in this country and about 27% of those mortgages are in office. And that's the big bubble that, you know, you and I have talked about, but that's the thing that, that the banks are sort of trying to mitigate, trying to find a way out of trying to save themselves. I mean, that office market is really dead. I, I am involved yeah. with this uh, in Phoenix, Arizona startup, and um we toured some office buildings in Phoenix, Arizona, and there is millions of square feet available and these are not dumpy buildings. These are buildings built in the last 10 years. Gorgeous. Skylights, this and that, a hundred bucks a foot, ninety bucks a foot. I mean, that whole market is is really in shambles. And a and a big problem is the banks are gonna get those those properties back that the landlords are gonna hand them back. And then it's like, what are the banks gonna do with it? You know, they're they're not in the in the office. Uh well, you know, you know one of the things they're doing with it? <laughs> <laughs> and,
0: and and I and I think they're they're catering to the people who are going to default on home mortgages, people who are in trouble. In LA, I've read that they're going to they're in the process of converting 2.5 million smaller units that were commercial into residential. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you're aware of that or not, and this yeah. is also going on in other cities. Uh, commercial
1: real estate conversion to residential because the commercial has failed so badly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it absolutely has. Problem is, is the cost. I mean, some of the buildings are just not set up with plumbing and, you know, how they're, you know, set up to, to for residential, uh, that it's feasible to, to do that. Some of these conversions are very expensive. Uh, older buildings, it's feasible. You know, downtown Los Angeles is a great example. They had a lot of older buildings that were factories. And so they've done a whole conversion there. But a lot of those units have already been turned into uh, loft-type uh, space. So yes. so you have these problems with the banks. And you're right. I mean, a lot of the bigger banks, they're hoarding gold. China's been buying a tremendous amount of gold. Um, Russia's been buying a lot of gold. Obviously, there was that hubbub with uh, the BRIC nations doing a, a gold-backed currency, and they sort of pulled back from that. Nobody knows what's going to happen there. Uh, but those that Brick, you know, meeting. I mean, they added, you know, five six countries. I think Haiti just recently added on. Mm-hmm. They want to be part of the BRIC Nation, so they're making a big push. And uh, I expect they'll have some kind of currency in the next, you know, year or so. Something uh, that they're going to want to put on the table. And then they have these, you know, everyone's talking about these digital currencies, CBDCs. Yes, yes. you know, that's the next big push. You have 115 countries. Trying to get into that space, they want a piece of that. Everybody wants their own digital currency, and you know. But what it really what it comes down to is you know you still have the dollar, you still have another, the euro, a few currencies out there that are available, and it's it's the the digital currencies will only replace if we if these major currencies falter. And it's and the question is is that when will these major fiat currencies falter? Nobody nobody has the answer to that, but the U.S. is $33 trillion in debt, not looking good here. You know, average, uh, uh, household debt, you know, consumer debt for each person is like 23, 24,000. Uh, so we're, we're in a, in a difficult position as a country and as investors here in the U S, you know, people are really concerned. They don't know where to put their money. They want to keep up with inflation, but they're worried about risk. Uh, so it's, it's a time where you really have to be cautious when you're uh, looking at your next investment. You see, that's to me, and that's, I I
0: keep going back to this, uh, precious metals. I mean, that's to me, it's going to be stable, but let me ask you a CBDC question since you brought that up. Um, my, my fear and, and I want you to (laughs) remove my anxiety here. My fear is that if CBDC becomes the dominant or the only allowed currency in a nation or it's global, um, what happens to gold investors bitcoin investors people who have uh
1: taken a hedge in a different direction yeah there's always going to be a need for uh for physical gold and silver and platinum palladium well first of all they're all used in industry so there's there is that use i mean gold obviously is used in jewelry uh, medical devices silver you know energy efficient vehicles. There's a lot of industrial uses there that you have to think about. But I think that, you know, general distrust of CBDCs is out there. And how are they going to determine how many of these are available? You know, that's, it's funny you said about how big banks and want to Want to um diminish the value of cryptocurrencies and say that they're not good and they're buying it secretly. Yeah, they are. <laughs> but that's the biggest critique, right? Of, yeah. of cryptocurrency is like, how do, how do you set the number? How do you create this? Uh and and you see, you know, Bitcoin still holding relatively firm. It was pretty strong today, mm-hmm. had a nice, nice little bump. It's been hitting around 26 to 29,000, you know, so people said that was, you know, Bitcoin was gone and it wasn't going to happen. And now they're looking, you know, the next halving for Bitcoin is 2024. So listen, I, I think if, if the current, the, if the fiat currencies were strong and people had confidence there, Bitcoin would be gone. That nobody would have their money in bitcoin you know banks wouldn't be buying bitcoin they wouldn't you know gold wouldn't be purchased the way it is purchased so heavily today so i think everyone's hedging their bet which is what i always talk about it's important to hedge your bet and everybody's taking mm-hmm. a little money off the table and they're going into into gold and silver uh they're going into different areas and i, and I think this inverted yield curve could be around for a lot longer Unless what everybody's been talking about, unless there's some kind of black swan event next year or something that happens sooner, and that allows Powell to kind of change his course. But if things stay the same and he's tied to that inflation number and he's tied to you know what he has to do to get us back to two percent, then I think we are in a very flat zone for a while. People are gonna continue to sell equities. Uh, business owners are going to be very cautious in hiring and it's just going to be a very, it's going to be a slog, I think, for the next, it could be three to four years. Um, if we don't see things open up, but you know, listen, we have an election next year and, and that's why, you know, you have elections for certain offices every four years and some for every two years, because you can, uh, you know, vote for a change next year. Hopefully. Um, <laughs> hopefully. Um I like
0: reasonable fiscal management that's been missing for a long time. You know, l- let me see if I'm hearing you correctly on this and if I'm taking if I have the right takeaway. Um the inverted yield key curve clearly verifies the fact that we're either in a recession, uh moving into a recession, going to a more serious recession. And and so then you look at uh okay, then where do you put your money? Okay, well, to me, it's not in currencies, not in fiat currencies right. at, at all. And we're becoming a fiat currency because we're losing the petrodollar. Although I tell you, I can tell you what happened to the BRICS though, Colin, I really believe this. I think they stopped and said, oh my gosh, what are we doing? Our economy is so intertwined with the United States. If we totally bring down the dollar by doing this, we'll destroy our own economy in the process.
1: I think that is, it is, I think it's, a, I agree with you on that. And I also think that you know, there was so much news about it before that, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they want to be careful about the release of this new currency also, right. They want to make sure it goes out without a hitch. And they were so probably so excited at this last meeting. I mean, think about it that, think about what's happened over the last 20, 30 years. You know, you went from NATO being, you know, everybody loved NATO 20, 30 years ago and not being a great thing to the BRICS. Which nobody wanted to do anything with the BRICS for 20 years. Mm-hmm. The BRICS has four or five countries joined that people are excited about that meeting. So it just shows geopolitically how much has changed in our world. That China and Russia, you know, Russia in the midst of a war and and you know whatever's going on there. That these these is where countries want to join. This is this is the alliance that that a lot of countries have chosen. The shift in our world politics has has gone in a much much different direction. Is is it? Do you think it's
0: intelligent for people to think, okay, we we could have this uncertain future for a variety of reasons. It could be war, economic collapse, whatever it would be. Um, is it good to say, okay, gold and silver, other precious metals will preserve my wealth? Okay, and then when the smoke clears. I'll be able to monetize it again, but I'm preserving what I've already earned. Is that the proper way to look at I precious think, metals? I, mean, I, I think that's what I'll The Common Sense Show is proud to be able to bring you some very special deals from MyPillow. For example, they've got half off My Pillow bed sheets, more than half off their slippers, their sandals, their mattresses, their topper covers, women's lingerie. Uh, they have extremely great products, as you all know. Ladies and gentlemen, right now, go to MyPillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. MyPillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code
1: Hodges. A lot of people with us right now, and it's interesting, and it always happens, Dave, when when you have a pullback, you know, we had a recent pullback says, over the weekend, you know, they they thought that you know there was gonna be a debt. Uh, the the bill, we weren't sure how much longer we were gonna go. We had to, they negotiated yeah. a deal over the weekend. So it's the more this morning, you know, gold and silver were down pretty dramatic. The most I've seen in one day in a long time was because yes. people went into the equity markets. They went into Bitcoin. They went risky, right? And yeah, maybe day traders and these kind of people can do that, right? They have the ability. But I think most people are looking at like, what can I buy that I'm gonna hold for five years. Or what can I buy and hold for five years? I can do pretty well. And if I need to shift, I can. And I think that's the nice thing about the liquidity of gold and silver relative to other investments right now. Obviously real estate, you know, anyone that's tied up in real estate right now, um, they're, they're probably not going to do anything for a long time. You know, you got a 3% mortgage. You're going to ride that thing out uh forever. So a lot of that liquidity that was in the market, you know, people buying and selling, which really helped the banks, which really helped real estate professionals, all that, all those fees that were happening in those exchanges has all been wiped away. Right. So now, you know, that's a whole economy, right? That's a whole economy of jobs and people, high earning people that aren't making money. So I think people are just looking, I want something safe, but I want the availability to get out of it if, if I need to. Or if I can, you know, hold on some gold and silver for a few years, and then, you know, get into something else later. So it seems to be the global sentiment because if this inverted yield curve for being around for a year, the fact that these people are have dove so much money to keep these short-term bonds at such a good rate, it just shows that their their people are expecting something really big uh, to happen in the economy.
0: I think you're exact. Uh, no, there's no question. You're just saying it a different way than I've been saying it. But we're saying the same thing. And the other thing I'm seeing too is, is our government is willing to sacrifice the UAW in the name of electric cars. And that's the real battle. Electric cars versus gasoline cars in that dispute. And, and so let's take a look at precious metals. Does that play a role in the shift towards electric cars, which this administration is not going to back away from?
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think silver is the, the big metal to talk about. You have silver that's a component of solar. Um, It's a component in electric vehicles. Uh, Everything green has a silver component in it. So, uh, And and it looks like we're going in this direction kind of all over the world. I mean, there's so many, you know, the Paris Accord, you know, there's so many different ways that they've passed legislation to go uh, uh, more clean energy. And so Mm -hmm. if that's the way we're going, silver is going to be a component of that. And as I mentioned, you know, if if silver mining right now is too expensive because the labor costs... You know, you're pulling a lot of people out of the market. They're not able to supply the number of ounces. Uh So I think it could be a pretty big opportunity. And I'll tell you this, the spreads on silver are the lowest that they've been in like uh, almost six years. So not only is the price down... Mm-hmm. But the the availability of silver is is very affordable right now, relative. When you know when silver was running up to thirty in 2020, the spreads were big because there was no silver out there. It was harder to get. So my cost, even someone that buys millions and millions of dollars in the last three years, we've bought over 1.2 billion dollars in gold and silver. Even my cost over the last few years was very expensive. But right now, yeah. With the demand being slow, we're still very busy, but we're getting it at such an unbelievable price. So you have lower price on silver, and the spreads are lower on the physical silver. So it's a pretty extraordinary time uh, right now to get into the silver market. I haven't seen anything like it uh, in, in many, many years. I mean, the U S mint was selling silver Eagles at, you know, $12 over the the spot price. I and mean, we're Sounds picking right. those up at, you know, $4 now four fifty now. So things, and that's our, you know, that's our most expensive item is that, is that silver Eagle, obviously you can get into rare coins and all that, but that's a discussion for another day, but just talking bullion right now, I, the prices are just great right now. So I think it's,
0: oh,
1: <laughs> I've got mine. <laughs> yeah. I've got my coin here. I love it, too.
0: Uh, great in the display case, but I'll tell you what, this thing's going to appreciate like crazy. Yeah. So this is really the time to buy silver. And this yeah. is what people that are really invested in climate change technology tell me, too. As I interview them, Colin, they repeatedly tell me it's platinum and silver. Do you agree uh, with the platinum part, too?
1: Yeah, no. I. I, I Recently, we just had our whole team uh, with the uh, World Platinum Council, and we were just... They were going through and I, and I know about the mining process and I know, but the, the process to find platinum is so difficult compared to a lot of the other metals. I mean, it's, it's not a rare earth metal. You know, it's not like, you know, the amount is minuscule. They're finding, but it is very difficult. And they're talking about having a shortage, a 30 or 40% shortage this year in the amount of uh, platinum that they need for catalytic converters and all the other things that they're using in the industry. I mean, there's a real massive shortage yet. The price, and you remember this, Dave, you've been in the game for a long time. The price of gold and silver used to be this, uh, gold and platinum used to be about the same. Actually, platinum yes. was more expensive. So platinum right now sitting in the 850 range relative to gold and, you know, in the, in the 1850 range, it's sort of mind blowing for people that have been around, uh, that the, the price is so affordable, uh, for platinum right now. Yet the, the, the uses have skyrocketed. Uh, it's taking some of the uses from palladium. You know, Palladium obviously went on that massive run and and was well over $3,000 an ounce and now it's come back to earth. But uh yeah, I was blown away being in that World Platinum Council meeting and just hearing just the demand and, and like how difficult it's to mine and how difficult even yeah. to get the, the coins and bars that we sell. It's it is quite difficult to get that. So I, I do like platinum right now also as an alternative uh asset to some of the other things that are out there. Um,
0: so here's a question that people are going to wonder about the people who are kind of just getting their feet wet in the precious metals aspect. They're going to think, okay, I buy this and I realize this is a good time. I see what everyone's saying, but how do I monetize it? What would you tell them?
1: Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, you can monetize it by selling, you know, that's the great, we sell bullion, we're on the buy and sell side. So you, you buy it from us and let's say platinum goes to, and I'm going to say where I think it's let's say platinum goes to 13 or 1400 from where it is today. So I think that's a realistic two-year timeline, maybe faster than that. Um you want to liquidate that platinum, you're going to sell it right back to us. Uh, and we're going to go ahead and we'll sell that platinum to somebody else. So um you know the, that ability to do that. And right now this is the interesting thing too. I was talking about silver eagles. So this this is what I was telling you. So let's say you pick up silver eagles right now at 450 5 bucks over the spot price. Let's say we go on a massive silver run. So silver goes up above 30. And the U.S. Mint again has a problem, right? They got a problem with silver eagles. Let's say it goes back up to 10, 11 bucks. So not only you have that big gain in silver, just the metal price, but then let's say people want to buy those silver eagles back at that huge premium, which listen, when silver was 10, $11, we said, do not buy this metal. It was like, do you want to buy bars? You're going to save a lot of money. You're getting a lot more but. To get it today, and then if it ma- goes on that massive run again, I mean, you're looking at kind of a double whammy in terms of, uh, potential profit. Obviously, silver goes up, the bars and everything you're going to buy is going to go up. You're going to do great. Uh, but there's these hidden opportunities right now in a soft market. And that's why you're seeing a lot of family offices, a lot of this money that you haven't seen in a while kind of diving in and they, you know, they're like Warren Buffett, right? They they see an opportunity and they're gonna buy. Sure. Uh and, and there's you know the fearful money too that's afraid to get in right now. But I can tell you, if you've ever heard about metals, like the opportunity price is is it's pretty spectacular right now in terms of where it's sitting.
0: Before we finish with consumer debt, I just wanted to make this observation and get your reaction to it my feeling is to lessen my exposure in the bank because the Dodd-frank law says the bank's failing they can keep my money because I'm an unsecured creditor by the Dodd-frank law 2010. the other thing that I'm not sure of is the future of the dollar so I try to I want to minimize my exposure in the bank both with my retirement both with my savings account and and I want to kind of I want to put the retirement under my auspices and back it with a precious metal like gold but i don't want a big bank account to, uh not that i have a huge one but i don't want any bigger than i need to operate Absolutely. because because the safety lies in the precious metal market right now it doesn't lie in fiat cash and yeah. do you think that, that i'm
1: putting forth a view that's reasonable yeah no i i don't keep a lot of cash myself i you know listen you need three to six months uh and yeah, that's a exactly number there uh but anything else listen Anything else should be invested. Anything else you need to get into the market, whether you're investing in yourself and you're starting a business, which I think right now is the greatest opportunity to start a business. There's, there's, it, it is a great opportunity to get in. If you're passionate about something, if you have something, you believe that there's something, a product out there that's not available or you're, you're fixing a solution. Um, so that's an investment. It's an investment in yourself or. Other investments would be gold and silver, platinum, palladium, these kind of safety investments. Um, that's what you should be thinking about right now. Um, and, and I think, you know, it's, it's, and I always see it, unfortunately, is you see people come in and when the price is where it is, they, they get afraid and they don't buy. And then gold goes to, let's say it goes to 2300, 2400. We're going to be busy like crazy, right? People will just yeah. continue to, buy. but I hope that people look at today and go, you know what? Yeah, I think long-term this could be an opportunity I'm going to get into it now because if you can get in before those runs, because I, you know, I remember all these bull runs, you know, these massive bull runs in the metals market and, you know, it moves so fast and, you know, you're talking 20% is really easy in gold and silver for it to move up even in a few months or six months, you know, these things move quick. So I hope people look at it as an opportunity today to, to at least get some information about gold and silver and then decide if it's if it's something for them. How do
0: you think consumer debt comes into play here? Last question.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's the big thing. Is like what I always talk about. The one positive of the the lockdowns is that people stopped buying uh, junk and crap, and they they focused on their family. They focused on their kids. They focused on Absolutely. you know everything that was you know. And I always say you know for me it was one of the most you know, it was, you know, obviously people passing was a lot of sadness that happened. But for me, being I was home with my twins that were two. I literally the second week of the pandemic, they both started to walk within about a few days of each other. So I was able to hunker down and be involved, whereas normally I'd be in the office or somebody else. So I was able to really think about it. And I think the the globe kind of came to that realization that like, I don't need a lot of stuff. I don't need to buy this. I don't need to keep up with the Joneses. Fast forward three years later, because that's kind of where we're at at this point. So back then, consumer debt was down. Credit card debt was at the lowest it's, it's been in like 30 years before that. Now we're at the highest it's ever been. $1 trillion mm-hmm. in credit card debt. We're in a mess right now. So all that money that was pumped in, given to individuals, given to people, was just basically put into things that they don't need to survive. They don't need to, to live on. And so, yeah, it it really just shows that, You know, we have to really hunker down during these times and it's government assistance and and just giving people money is not really the solution that works. Because if it if it was the solution, then people would be in a much better position today than they are. Uh, Yeah. I told a relative recently
0: and he's facing paying off credit card debts and so forth. And I said, all right, let me just say this to you. Pay yourself first. Pay yourself 10 percent and get some precious metals. Yep. Yeah. And, and I said, if you don't, I said, you know, so you take 13 years to pay off your credit debt as far as is as, as opposed to 10, 9 or 10 years. And we went through the numbers. And I said, if you extended it out, but you bought something that's going to increase in value and reflect the negative side of the dollar, when it goes down, the, the gold's going to go up or the silver's going to go up. I said, that's where you want to be. And uh, yeah. th- this and is it, and something
1: that people don't see. We don't teach kids this in school. Yeah, And it's nice to have an asset that doesn't have debt right? I mean, that's that's the beauty behind it. Exactly. Most of the things we buy have some debt accumulated to it, whether it's a mortgage or the company we buy in the stock market. I mean, almost all the assets that we're investing in have some kind of debt, but uh, gold and silver do not and so that's why it's a it's a great time so yeah anyone dave that's looking to, we've done a lot of deep diving on platinum and silver we have guides specifically for those two metals if people want to learn about that um, or or they just want to learn about some of the other services we have uh, but yeah I'd, I'd recommend people give us a call recommend that they heard us on the sh- on the dave hodges show i know the number 877-646-5347 uh,
0: i say it every day and I got to tell you, Colin, and I want to say this to you personally. Um, I sleep better at night knowing I'm diversified it's and just- I have to keep working at diversification. It's not a standstill. You do it one time and you're done. And I know that. But but uh Noble Gold has been great for me to work with. I mean, I've been a customer for five years, been advertising for six for you guys. And I got to tell you, to me, from I'm biased. It, this is the best opportunity that's out there for people
1: yeah thank you dave no it's been a great uh great five six years wow it's really fun. <laughs> five, oh, and, well
0: i remember w- w- when your twins were born
1: yeah yeah no, <laughs> just, that's that's yeah. amazing yeah 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 i'm I, listen let's hope it, we're still working together when they graduate high school i think it'll be a lot of fun so that's awesome um, well, yeah right, Colin, I'm listen i'm going to tell you thank you for coming on and
0: verifying we're in a recession Okay. Yes. But listen, ladies and gentlemen, there's opportunities here and you've heard a bunch of them. And if you give Noble Gold a call at 877-646-5347, you'll get someone who answers the phone who's an expert and they'll walk you through and take as much time as you need to answer all your questions. Absolutely. I know yeah. I speak from experience. But anyway, Colin, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. Take care.